0: Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. All right. Well, the last couple of weeks, Lisa and I have been having a great time. We were down in the Eastern Cape. We were uh, ministering last weekend in the great metropolis of Cathcart, and uh, Steve, who was leading worship for us this morning, he was actually born in Cathcart, and uh, I was a tiny little toddler. Funny enough, also when when, uh, when we were living in Cathcart, um, they they didn't have much of a hospital there, so I was born uh, actually in the town up the road, uh, Kamani, which in, used to be known as Queenstown. Yeah, they had revival fires there recently. It burnt down the city hall and a few other buildings. Um, that wasn't revival fires, uh, but uh, so it was good for us just to go and and uh, and just going kind to of encourage the the the, uh, the church there. And we were um, installing a new eldership couple who are going to be leading the, the the fellowship there. And just so much excitement, you know, redigging the wells that the that the Lord has. And uh, so I just love this prophetic painting that Johan did. You know, just speaking about the water still there, you know. Let's get the let's get everything repaired, let's get get the restoration going and let's let's let it flow, man. Yay. Can't you just feel that there's a sense of promise over the nation and and around the world, like the the Lord's going to be doing fresh things and there's a fresh move, yeah? And it's going to take us a bit like the message I hope to try and preach this morning. I was interrupted so many times by the people in the first service, I couldn't get to preach properly. <laughs> but this thing of, of redigging digging and, and, you know, the Lord's promises are there, but we have to go and lay hold of them. Here's the promised land, I'm giving it to you, okay now get up and fight. Hey, you got all these prophetic words and promises, you know, and so what are you doing about it? You need to get up off your blessed assurance and go and do something. Yeah, we need to be intentional about going after the things that the Lord has said. And even if there's a period of delay, don't be dismayed. Don't be disheartened. We keep going after these things. And so as we're in the Eastern Cape, just the sense of, wow, those those wells are being re-dug, and, uh, and the Lord's going to pour out His Spirit in a fresh way, and, and the kingdom is going to uh, advance in, in those areas. We are also down in East London, also uh, a different service, praying over another couple, Brendan and Di Bosse, and it was just such a wonderful uh, opportunity for us to be with them. We'd been uh, part of, uh, the same church and leadership team for a while back in the day, and to see them now rise and to become the, the lead couple there. It's just uh, just a wonderful thing. And uh, so, yay, God's doing great things in our nation. He's doing things in some of the hidden places. And you might not know about it, but that doesn't mean that God's not busy. Remember that guy called Elijah. God, I'm the only one. There's no one else. I'm the only one still standing. And God says, hey, I've got 7,000 other prophets who haven't bent the knee to Baal. What are you talking about? God does things in hiddenness. He doesn't always have to do it in front of us for it to qualify for it to be God. God is way bigger than us. Hooray! God is way bigger than us. And even if we don't know about everything, it doesn't mean that he's not working. We need to trust that God is powerfully at work fulfilling his plans and promises for our nation. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's the true state of the nation address. (laughs) Okay. All right. So um, we've been in uh, the, the sort of era in the Bible for the last few weeks where the people of God had come through out of Egypt, they'd come through the Red Sea, they're now coming to the Promised Land, and now they were, at this point, getting ready to go into the Promised Land. All right, remember that. Even if you don't remember, just kind of like, okay, John, we're with you, we'll catch up. Thank you, thank you. And, and so we, we saw that the 12 spies had gone in, so represented from each of the tribes, the 12 tribes had gone in and they'd come back and they'd given a report of what they'd seen. And so you're in Numbers chapter 13 by the stage. Now. So uh, 10 of them came back with a bad report. All right. And two of them came with a good report. Do you remember that? And we had Caleb standing up and he was silencing the people because of the confusion and the fear and the panic that had come into the people of God. All 12 came and said, yes, it is a land, a good land flowing with milk and honey. And they, they brought you know, some of the fruit to actually experience and taste to prove it was a show and tell. You know, like, yes, this is, it's, it's there. And then they began to take the news and put a twist on it. Said, yeah, but there are giants in the land. Were there giants in the land? Yes, there were. Yes, there were. All right. Remember, faith, faith does not ignore the reality of a situation. Faith just doesn't say the giants are bigger than God. To pretend that they're no giants, that's not faith. Faith is, you know what, even if they are giants, my God is bigger than the giant. That's what faith is. So we don't give the ability of the giant to engender fear in our hearts and our minds. That's faith. In our nation, let's bring it into our day. In our nation, we're facing a lot of giants. I mean, I've got giant potholes in my road. (laughs) I don't know where you stay. Uh, We're facing so many challenges and difficulties, right? And these are things that are too big for us. They're like a giant. So we can look at all these things. We don't have to deny that, that, I mean, they're there. I mean, we bump into these things on a daily basis. But what we're going to do is we're not going to put our focus and our attention on all the negative stuff. We're actually going to turn our focus to what the Lord has said. So what has what the Lord promised for us as a people, as a church family, as a city, as a nation? What are his plans and purposes? When I check the back of the book, there's a hint, hint, okay? Open book test. Remember? Testing. Testing. Open book test. In the back of the book, it says that he's coming back in victory and in triumph. Yes? That the bride has overcome by the blood and by her testimony. Right? Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. And Jesus is just like, you know what, guys? I've done what you could not do. He accomplished for us on the cross. Right? And all of our sin and our shame and all of that stuff, all the result of the fall, he took care of on the cross. He said, it's finished. It's done. Then he spoke with his disciples. He did some really scary things. He would just like cruise through walls. Just like show up, uninvited guest, like, whoa. How did you get here? Doors and windows are locked and there he is. He did did some really, you know, amazing, miraculous things. Another miraculous catch of fish. Yeah. And, uh, but he's telling them about the kingdom. Why? Because he's the king. And the king is telling them about the kingdom. And he's telling them about how the kingdom will triumph over all. And these guys get it because they were good Jewish boys. That read the Torah, the scriptures. They didn't have the Bible. They only had the Old Testament at that point. New Testament, they had to let it live it. And because they know the scriptures, and they know that Daniel had this amazing interpretation of a dream that Neb had. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar. Neb had this dream that there was this huge statue. There was the head of gold, and then there was a chest of silver, and then the thigh of bronze, and then the feet of a mixture of clay and iron. And then a a rock, not cut with hands, human hands, it's hewn from heaven, comes from heaven, and smashes the feet of the statue. And then this rock, which is small, and it smashed all those kingdoms, then suddenly grows and grows, expands, and fills the whole earth. And Daniel, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Gives an interpretation. And he says that rock is the kingdom of God. The kingdom is going to take over the whole earth. And because the disciples were good Jewish boys. They'd had their bar mitzvah. They'd been through the scriptures. They knew about all of that. So when Jesus talks to them about the kingdom. They know The small stone, Jesus, the rock, hello, the rock, smashed the feet. Oh, at that stage, it was the Roman Empire. And it was such a dramatic intervention because at that stage, it was, Ave. Caesar is Lord. Are they? No, Jesus is Lord. Whew. Don't just throw you in jail for that, they throw you to the Lions. We're not talking about the rugby team, we're talking about. It's <laughs> kind of, man, there's this clash of kingdoms. The rock Jesus came. It was going to be, man, this big explosion, traumatic thing. But Jesus is talking about the kingdom is now come. And they're getting all excited because this thing's going to grow and grow and grow. Take over. Yay. So when we fast forward, we see the end of the book. We know that he's coming when the kingdom is taken over. Oh, my goodness. Hey, the church is working with the king to see his kingdom established on the earth. Yay! We're on the winning side. Tell your face. Listen, take out your phone right now. Take out your phone, put the camera on, you know. Switch that reverse button so you can actually see what your face looks like. Tell your face. Hey, you're on the winning side. Look like it. You're going to look me depressed, man. I'm trying my best to preach myself happy. Get your face in alignment with the Scriptures. Come on. When Jesus came, he said, good news. Not bad news. Good news. What? What's the good news? Hey, I've come to take over, and if you're on my side, then you're on the winning side. Would you like to be part of the takeover? It was a hostile takeover. Yeah? Ask the snake. Been promised since Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> my goodness. He came to do it. Whoa. Oh. He's coming back in victory and in triumph. He's not coming back with a little whimper. He's not going to sneak in you in the dead of night when nobody really knows what's going on. Like, was I, wasn't I saved? We, 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 what? Come on, man. Come on, he's coming in triumph and victory. Every eye will behold and see. It'll, you. Yay. You guys are just as bad as the first service at interrupting my <laughs> preaching. I just want you to know that. All right. Okay. <laughs> Can we just have fun? Yeah. Can we just, you know what? So allow the Holy Spirit to say what he wants to say to our hearts. So that was my prayer early this morning. It's not about my whatever's. Lord, what are you saying to us through this? Because he's the eternal word. Oh, my goodness. I just. The eternal word. The eternal one. The living word. He comes incarnate. Flesh. Takes on flesh. And John, he he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. The living one, the living, the eternal word. The disciples, they 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 hear some tough things that Jesus says. He says to them, because there's a big crowd going on. And Jesus is, um, he's provocative at times. Yeah? I mean, sometimes he just said, hey, you guys, you're a brood of vipers. You guys are like, like tombs, you're all whitewashed and you look clean, whatever, but inside, uh. fell, yeah, I mean, it told people to their faces, right, and they were all like the, the Lonnie's of the day, yeah, people were following him for all the wrong reasons, they're just kind of like, hey, can we have our next free KFC meal? Actually, I think they'd just been at the Ocean Basket that day, and um, and he says, "Hey, you really want a piece of me? Then you need to eat my flesh, and you need to drink my blood." Oh, they got grossed out. They're kind of like, "What? This guy? He's been in the sun too long. He's lost it." And the crowds <laughs> went. What did Jesus say? Okay, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, I'll change the message. Stay, come back, I'll change. I'll make it easier for you. Huh? Not in my Bible. He let the crowds go. And then he turns to the twelve. These are the twelve. There was a great privilege for them to be called to follow the rabbi. Yeah, And they were part of you know, the miracles and all the rest of it. So he turns to them He says, okay, everybody else has gone. How about you, twelve? You want to move on too? And they're kind of like, uh, what are our options? <laughs> it's like, you know, is, is there another rabbi we could go? who's a little bit, you know, this... this. this. We like you, Jesus, but oh, we don't want to eat you, eh? It's, it was offensive. Jesus provoked and offended that's the real Jesus. Sometimes we try to put you know, sugar coating on everything because we don't want to offend people. Well, Jesus didn't worry about that. Rich young ruler, he says, listen, mate. Okay? You've done all these things? Magnificent. Now let's take it to the next level. Go. Sell. Give. Then come follow me. And then we'll talk about real treasure. Like, oh, I kind of like, oh, long face. Cause he had great wealth. Actually, great wealth had him. Hmm. So he turns to the twelve, says, You guys want to go? And they say, Whew. You have the words of life see, there's life in the Word. The eternal Word became flesh, walked, lived, spoke. Then it's recorded for us. So we have the Word, but it's, it's life that comes from Him. Yeah? So as we dig into the Scriptures, we just kind of like, oh, wow. Lord, speak to us today. Not a sermon. Speak life to us. Surely, far far more important than eloquence or entertainment or any of those things. Lord, what is it that you are saying? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from? Lord, what are you speaking? So I've given you enough time now to get into Numbers chapter 13. So they've sent the 12 spies. They've come back. Two got a good report. Ten have got a really, really bad report. And in Numbers 13 and verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We can certainly do it. Why? Because the Lord had said, hey, I'm giving you the land. Now go and take it. And he believed what the Lord had said. He's saying, listen, this is the guy, this is Caleb, the guy who'd gone up to the hill country. The guy who'd, because the spies went to different parts of the land. All right? They weren't necessarily all at the same places all at the same time. He'd gone up into the hill country where the giants actually were. He himself had seen the giants. If anyone should have been intimidated, it should have been Caleb. And he doesn't deny that there are giants there, he said, Yeah, sure, they're giants. But God said, We can certainly do it. Wow, that's amazing, right? But the way in which we see ourselves. And the way in which we see the call of God on our lives and through our lives, if we view it as though we were a grasshopper, then we will become and act like grasshoppers. Oh, goodness, that fake news that spread with the twist and all the rest of it, remember? Remember? They're giants. Listen, these giants are so big, they will devour us. The land will devour us. Really? Yeah, the land devours anyone who tries to live in the land. Okay, so who's living there now? Doesn't make any logical sense. Hello? Come on, we've been in two years of this stuff doesn't make logical sense. And the giant has been elevated. So out of grasshopper mentality, you take a certain course of action or inaction. The Lord is actually wanting us to have a heart and a mind of Caleb. Not the other ten. So we need to silence whatever is shouting at us to have doubt, to have unbelief, to pull back from the promises of God for our lives and for our city and for our nation. Potholes, don't worry about the potholes. Lack of electricity, don't worry about that. Economy's going to crash, don't worry about that. It could be all kinds of things that are big giants, big potholes in so many different areas and spheres of life. But if you're going to allow the circumstances to dictate to you, it'll cause you to shrink back and be like a grasshopper. We need to be like Caleb and we need to silence that and say, what has the Lord said? The Lord has said, okay, then surely we can do this thing. How are we going to do it? I don't know. Like who's tall enough to take out those giants? I don't know. Just God said we're going to do it. How's this kingdom going to grow and fill the whole earth like that rock? Take it, I don't know, but it's going to happen. Why? Because God said so. And he's not in the lying business. Everything, this is, oh man. God, 100% record of prophetic words. He's never got one wrong. It's amazing. Yeah? He He has this God ability. 100% accurate every single prophetic word. He sees outside of time. He sees the beginning, the end, everything in between. He says, "Kind of, hey, that's how it's going to, guys, you're still going to go through it. So I'm just going to take a leaf out of the future and tell you you've won. I've given you the land, now go and take it. You've won. Okay, go and take it, you've won. Act like you're a winner, even before you've won. Not grasshopper thinking, victor thinking. Overcomer thinking. Giant slayer thinking. Caleb thinking. So, unfortunately, in Numbers chapter 14, that's the next one, the guys have had a pity party all night. Social media was like going viral, all the tweets and posts and all the rest of it and people were wailing and moaning and groaning and they even wanted to get stoned. (laughs) And uh, it's like, were there not enough graves for us here and, in, you know, left us in Egypt and blah, 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 pity party. Verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly. that were gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes. Why? What's this thing of tearing your clothes? It's a sign of repentance. It's a sign of mourning. It's a sign of grief. Why? Because the people are grieving God. So we need to actually change the what we're doing, what we're saying. It's like this humbling of themselves, yeah? Verse 7, and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Can you say exceedingly exceedingly good? Wow. In other words, all the good things that God had said, and listen, they had had 430 years to embellish the story. Yeah? They had a prophetic word that they would come into the promised land. That had that carried that prophetic word for over 430 years. They had plenty opportunity to make the land sound even betterer than it was. And when the spies go in, they say, Listen, what we thought it was, (laughs) no, no, this was exceedingly good. The prophetic promises that God has said about our lives and the nation and the glory of God filling the earth and all the good things that he's going to be doing, he's going to do it exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think or imagine. Can I get at least half an amen? Amen. Wow, God is always so much above what, what we can do. Verse 8. If the Lord is pleased with us. He will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and money. And he will give it to us. (laughs) Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land. Because we will. Oh my goodness. Who's doing the devouring? he doing the devouring? What did the enemy try to do? He tried to intimidate them with the very thing that they were supposed to do. Listen, there's a call of God on all of our lives. God has called every single one of us. Okay? Remember, we settled this years ago. We're all called. right? We're all in full-time ministry. Remember that? Okay, some of you are looking and being like, what? Wasn't here for that one. Okay. Have you been called to be a child of God? Then you're called. All right. Do you love Jesus just two hours on a Sunday morning, or do you love Him all day, every day? All day, every day. That would constitute full time. Okay? And what are you called to do? To love Him and serve Him? This would be yes. Okay, we're all called to love Him and serve Him. That is known as ministry ministry. So you are all called into full-time ministry. Settled. Yay. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Reformation over 500 years ago. It was settled back then. We don't need a bunch of guys wearing dresses standing in the way between us and God. We all have access. All right. The, law, the enemy will try and stop you from accomplishing and doing and fulfilling the purpose that God has for you, and he will attack you in the very thing that God has called you to. Let me just give you a quick example here. So back in the day when I was a little bit younger, I know you can't believe you know, I'm only 35, but... So Lisa and I, we lived in in the States for a couple of years, and I was a worship leader at a a church there. And what happened was that uh, I was sort of young and stupid, and I wasn't always joining the dots together. Praise the Lord that he releases wisdom. We don't have to rely on our own smarts, ne? And what happened was that on a Sunday morning when I would wake up, I would wake up with a sore throat. Not on Monday morning, not on Saturday morning, not on any other day of the week, but on a Sunday morning. Why? Because leading worship with a sore throat, you know, it doesn't... So one of these days, it was like really bad, and i kind of ah, yeah, that was my voice. Now I must try and lead worship with a voice like this. And my throat was on fire, but it wasn't revival fire, you know, it was... An infection, and uh, so I call in and I say, "Yo, you know, I'm not not doing so well. Can't lead worship this morning." And so I go and I sit in the in the congregation there, and then I, I got an amazing life lesson that morning because the guy who was preaching from the platform, he said, "I never let a sore throat get in the way of my ministry." Yeah, you yeah Yeah. God's got your number right so guess what happened next Sunday I woke up with a sore throat I said I don't care even if I've got no voice I'll show them how sick I am no it's kind of like okay You know what? I need to be under this anointing and this leadership and learn the life lesson here. Okay? So if nothing has stopped him, then I actually need to step into that. So this sore throat thing, it can't stop me either. So I woke up, sore throat. Okay, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. And you know what? When I got there and started warming up my voice, it was fine. Well, I thought few people left the building, but I just. what happened the next Sunday? Sore throat. But I'd known because I'd seen from the week before, well, I'm just going to go anyway. What happened the third Sunday? Sore throat again. But now, it's like, <laughs> forget it, I'm not going to let a sore throat trouble me. What happened the week after that? No sore throat. And to this day, on a Sunday, I do not get a sore throat. The point is not so much about me so much as about what's a life lesson here. What what was the enemy trying to do? He was trying to stop me. I was called at that point to be leading worship. And he wanted to stop. I didn't wake up with a sore toe. I didn't wake up with a, with a, with a, with a knee that was niggly. Because I don't sing with my knee. He attacked me in the area where I needed to be fulfilling a purpose. Right? Okay. The area where the Lord wants you to demonstrate and show His glory and to serve Him in a fruitful way, is probably the area that the enemy is going to try and undermine and make a mockery of your testimony. Right? How many people we know, we know that the Lord has called them to to be generous and to steward large amounts of money for the kingdom, and how many of them went bankrupt? Because the enemy wants to undermine that thing. Hallelujah. God's always got the last laugh. And watching these people restored multiple times more than what they had. Come on. The enemy always pays. All right. So there's certain things where the enemy is going to try and come and undermine us. But we hold our ground. We're kind of like, okay, wow. We learn from somebody else because they went through the school of hard knocks so that you don't have to. Okay. All right. In this area, I'm facing difficulty and challenge. All right. What am I going to do? Pity party? No. I'm actually just going to hold my ground and trust that the Lord in my weakness, he will release strength. So then I will know that it's not me, but it's him who's doing this. He gave the call and he's given gifting or whatever, but now even the sustaining, I love that, François, even the sustaining comes from the Lord. Hmm. Okay. So the land will devour. It's kind of like, hey, no, no, no. We are going to devour them. Not the land devouring us. We're going to devour them. We turn it around and back on the enemy. You good with that? Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Yeah. So then what happens is that God comes down and he says, all right, that's it. I'm done with these people. Let's just wipe them out. And Moses prays and he intercedes and he says, Lord, forgive. Hey, by the way, all the other nations, they've heard about what you've done. And now if you wipe us out, then they will say, oh, their God was only able to bring them out of Egypt, but he wasn't good enough to take them all the way in. And then you'll get a bad reputation, God. This is an interesting negotiation that Moses had. Anyway, so, so God says, all right, I'll forgive. So now we're in verse 20 in uh, Numbers chapter 14. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. It's kind of like, what? Did you see that there? As surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. Where are they right now? This is not a trick question. Where are they right now? They're in the wilderness. Where's the glory of the Lord in the wilderness? Well, there's a bit of manna. I guess, yeah, they're still walking around with all the gold in their pockets and silver and all the trinkets and stuff that they got from Egypt, but the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, hey, there's still the Philistines and and all the giants that are still in the promised land, and yet the Lord makes the statement, his glory, as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. You might be looking and seeing what's going on in our nation right now and say, where's the glory of the Lord? Where's the revival? What is God doing? Where is this kingdom advancing? You keep saying that the kingdom is advancing and I can't see it. Well, if we're looking through our eyes, a bit like Elijah, I'm the only one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can I... Can I <laughs> So, can I, can I, <laughs> you, you know, you know, Siri is a great prophet. <laughs> so we're at a wedding, right? We're at a wedding. So um, Robbie Wardle from the, the church in Coxette where the gathering's going to be held and um And so it's his son, um, Jordan, who's, he's getting married, and so we' we're, we're praying over them as a couple, and you know apostolic teams there and And while we're praying for them, Patrick, who's obviously got a strong prophetic gifting, but Suri starts speaking through Patrick's phone. <laughs> "You have arrived. Your destination is on your right." That's amazing. And so Tyra was sitting on the left and her destination, Geordie. You've arrived. Your destination. It's like, oh my goodness. It did release a lot of joy in the in the wedding ceremony. It's kinda of like okay. The glory of the Lord. Even if we don't... My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we want God to kind of do it in this kind of a way. We interpret the prophetic in a particular way. Maybe God's operating slightly differently. And because... We're not looking where he's working. We come to the wrong conclusion. Oh, you're not working. Okay? Verse 22. Not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and the wilderness, but disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. See, that's why Caleb knew he was so certain we can go and do this. Why? Because God had promised to his forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it, but verse 24, my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, and I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. So this morning, we have baby presentation. We have a Joshua, and we have a Caleb. Caleb. And who are the two wriggle pots? Because there's something on their lives and they're just not going to sit still. Come on. There was a live parable going on right here. And then these two guys, I don't know if they even know each other. I don't know. And they go on the floor and then they gravitate to each other. And there's like laying hands on the, on the head of the one. It's kind of like, wow, Lord. You see, I thought I was going to preach this message four weeks ago. And Caleb only, well, we we only discovered that it was going to be presented just a couple of days ago. So this wasn't pre-planned, people. So I think God's trying to get, I think he's trying to get our attention here. He's looking for a generation, a people who would be of a different spirit and who will follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Why was Caleb going upstream when everybody else said, we can't do it? And he's the one guy saying, oh yes, but we can. God has surely given it to us. And everyone is saying, no, no, haven't you seen what's on Twitter? Haven't you seen Facebook? Haven't you seen what CNN and BBC and on SABC? And all these people have said, we can't do it. It's too big. It's too bad. The nation is finished. Didn't you listen to the State of the Nation address? I can tell you what's going to be in the budget next time. And blah, 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 blah. blah. There's no hope. Oh. And Caleb is not of that spirit. There are only two. There were only two that went in. Only two. And an entire generation could have, they could have, if they too, like Caleb, had silenced the voices of fear. And allowed faith to arise in their hearts and to hold on to the promise that had been passed down from generation to generation. And they knew with absolute conviction and certainty, God, he's already pronounced the outcome. I have given you the land, now go and take it. And they put the emphasis on the, I've given it to you. Instead of worrying about the, now go and take it. If we allow what the Lord has promised, the dreams, the visions, the prophetic words that is released to you. Come on, moms and dads. When we've taken time to present little ones before the Lord, and we ask the Lord, Lord, is there a word for this little life? Go and dig those things out. Go and dig those things out and read them again and prophesy over your kids. What has God said? Not what the media or popular opinion is saying. What has God said? Hold on to that. Come on, let's be a people like Caleb. Let's go upstream. Let's be different. Let's be a little bit like Jesus. Sometimes we provoke people. Sometimes we say things that are a little bit unpopular. Now, it's not about being obnoxious for the sake of being, you know, other. But it's about, Lord, what are you doing? And we want to partner with what you're doing. So what are you saying about the situation? All right, that's it. We'll go with that. How are you going to do it? Hey, he's going to do it. He's got to do it. We just must show up. But it takes a putting off of a grasshopper mindset and an embracing a spirit of Caleb, a man of a different spirit who followed God wholeheartedly. The world is sick and tired of a weak wishy-washy church come on we we are too but a people who are sold out to god flat out come on isn't that what we want isn't that what we want okay so let's stand So much more to this this caleb thing we'll we'll get to it next week so. It takes all generations to accomplish god's purposes. is the most amazing thing. Caleb has this profound Shall we say, like a spiritual encounter? Because it was spiritual warfare when he was 40. But he has this amazing physical encounter with God when he's 85. Now that's just totally God to do it the wrong way around. Because in our minds, when you're 40, you're strong. That's when you go to war. And when you've got a bit more sense and wisdom and you're more spiritual maturity, you know, then you'll have. More spiritual insight. God does it the other way around. It's unconventional. God's okay with being unconventional. But our spiritual encounters will cause us <laughs> to do mighty physical exploits. Even if there's a long gap in between. So why we don't give up. All right. Can I pray with you? Holy Spirit. The things that are yours to say, let them remain. And the things that were just me let it blow away like chaff in the wind. We want your words, words of life. We're asking, Lord, for a radical shift, change, transformation in our hearts, that we too would be like Caleb, a man of a different spirit we want to be led by the spirit we want to be of a different spirit to stand against the spirit of this world and to be totally surrendered yielded to you holy spirit Cause us to be a people who are single-minded, completely, wholeheartedly devoted to you and your purposes. That we would be such a radical group of people that we would cause a shaking in this region. Because it's all about you. Your purposes. Thank you, Lord, that you're stirring up our hearts to to re dig those ancient wells, that the waters would flow. Thank you, Lord, that you are stirring something in our hearts, our minds, our spirits in this time. We don't want to go back to any old normal, we want to step into the new. We want to step into all that you have for us. So in this very sobering place, we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in our hearts and our lives. May we see here in Joyburg that the glory of the Lord does indeed fill the earth. We're asking, Lord, open up our eyes to see what you're doing, to see the way you see. We're asking, Lord, for strength and courage and boldness to hold on, to hang on, to press on, to press through, and to see breakthrough in in our lives, in our day. Thank you, Lord. Your words never return to you empty or void. Thank you for the prophetic promises that you've spoken over us individually and as a people. We reaffirm our trust in you. We say, Lord, have your way. Yes. As we go from this place, Lord, let a strong, settled, firm conviction flood our very being. We will not be moved from this one thing that we will seek the Lord and seek His agenda above all else. Yeah. So may your peace Settle our hearts and minds. Carry us through this week. May your joy bubble up from deep within. A supernatural anticipation that the goodness of God is going to be released even in these days. We thank you, Lord, for supernatural provision that none would lack in this family. That your goodness, we would see and taste and experience the goodness of God in the land we're living in. Thank you, Lord. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 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 Thank you.